Welcome to the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kinghorn, co-founder and CEO of HBHM. We're a carbon neutral wellness brand and we're focused on the well-being of our customers and the planet. We produce a range of products designed to support a healthy lifestyle. This podcast is for our community. We will have a range of experts in the health, fitness and wellness space designed to help you all improve many aspects of your life. For listening to this podcast, you can get 15% off our products at hbhm.com by using the code HBHMPOD at checkout. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. Today, we have one of the UK's most recent future Olympians, Katie Snowden, on the show. As of recording, it was just yesterday Katie had her place confirmed in the Tokyo Olympics, where she will be taking part in the 1500 metres. She's one of Britain's best middle distance runners at the moment and boasts a PB in the 1500 metres of 4 minutes and 2 seconds, which is absolutely phenomenal. She has competed in the Commonwealth Games and European Championships and has medalled in British Athletics Championships, including her, pro- her bronze medal just last week. It's also great to have her partnering with HBHM. I'm going to put it out, out there now. We're recording this outside in the park, in Battersea Park, which is uh, a brilliant location. So if you do hear the odd plane, then you'll know what that is all about. So welcome to the HBHM podcast, Katie. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good. It's awesome to have you uh, on the podcast and what a location we're in today. Yeah, no, I um, love Battersea Park. I often use it as um, yeah one of my training locations because I live fairly nearby. I'm based in South London. Um, so yeah, it's a great place to come, great place to train. And we've and, been um, out, in the, out in the track today, yeah. getting a bit of filming in, a bit of photography and you've been putting, the, putting through the paces. Yeah, no, often, um, yeah, use the track here because, um, yeah, as I said, I've got great facilities and also, yeah, just the park as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, use it for lots of my, like, kind of steady runs, long runs. Um, so, yeah, it's a great place to kind of have fairly near to home. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, there's only one place to start, isn't mm-hmm. there? Um, so we're one day out. It was yesterday that you officially got your place confirmed in the Tokyo Olympics. So how's that feeling? Yeah, no, I'm over the moon to be selected. Um, yeah, it's kind of been one of my goals when I, like, first started running to, um, yeah, compete in the Olympics. So to finally achieve that. Um, yeah, I'm like so excited. Um, so yeah, the next few weeks, I think a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Um, what is the next few weeks looking like? How's the training over the next, the last sort of final build to the Olympics? Yeah, so I think the plan is tomorrow I'll go to Altitude. Um, mm. That will be in font um in France, where yeah, I've been before. Um, yeah, it's a great place to train. Um, yeah, it's where the British Athletics are kind of holding their, um, yeah, kind of like official camp before the Games. So there should be, um, yeah, a number of other British athletes out there as well. Um, yeah, who will be great to train with. Um, but yeah, so I'll be there for the next few weeks and then, yeah, potentially race once before the Games. Um, yeah, possibly Gateshead Diamond League on the 13th okay. of July. Um, so yeah, I might fly to there to do that. But otherwise, yeah, we'll just be based there until we go to Japan on the 18th of July. Awesome. No, it must be just so exciting to... Uh, I saw some of your kit earlier, you know, we got the GB yeah. kit. It must be just so exciting to be involved. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we did all the kit fitting yesterday. Um, and yeah, obviously, yeah, being in my first games, it was just, yeah, so exciting. Um, yeah, a few of them there, this was like their second time. Yeah. But yeah, even they said they're just as excited as, yeah, when they first qualified. They yeah. just said, yeah, kind of never, um, yeah, the novelty never wears off. Yeah, no, it must just be amazing. Like, I see the, I, I saw the Great Britain, you know, t-shirt and vest and... 
just to pull that on must just be such an honour as well. Yeah, no, such an honour. Um, yeah, such a privilege to be able to represent your country. Um, and yeah, especially in Olympic Games, it's kind of like the pinnacle of the sport. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think for kind of a lot of athletes like myself, it's kind of like the lifelong dream to um, yeah. yeah go to an Olympics. So yeah, to finally be in a position and um, yeah, no, I'm going to compete there next month is yeah really exciting. Yeah, nice one, nice one. So. Obviously, it's been a lifelong dream uh, to go to the Olympics, but how did it all begin for you? How did you get into running? Yeah, so it was really, um, yeah, when I went to secondary school. Um, so I was kind of aged 11 or 12. Um, yeah, it was my PE teacher. Um, yeah, there, just on like three things like sports day and just like kind of after school club. She just like noticed that, um, yeah, running was something I was really good at um, and suggested I go to like my local athletics club. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I joined Hernhill Harriers, um, okay. yeah, who are based in Tooting. So yeah, kind of close to home. And um yeah, and that was age 12, so now age 27. And you're still with them And I'm now. still with yeah. Hernal Harriers, yeah, on the weekend when I um, yeah, was doing the trials uh, for Tokyo. I was still in my Hernal Harriers vest. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of stayed a member of them ever since. Um, and, yeah, kind of still heavily involved in the club. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where it all really began, to be honest. And then, um, yeah, kind of went on to uni. I went to um, Nottingham University. Um, but yeah, it was very close to Loughborough. So it kind of meant that even though, um, yeah, I was at Nottingham, I could still drive across yeah. um, and use the facilities at Loughborough. And yeah, obviously there it's like renowned for, um, yeah, sport and kind of world-class facilities. So I had, um, yeah, a great setup. Um, and yeah, I just kind of used to go between the two. And then after I graduated, um, actually based myself in Loughborough okay. um, for two years, because um, I was also lucky to go on, um, yeah, the world-class programme. Um, which is like funding by British Athletics and they're based in Loughborough. Um, okay. So yeah, kind of having their, um, yeah, I was home for a while was really good just to be able to kind of make the most of that and um, yeah, kind of get the best support. Um, and yeah, just kind of it's, yeah, since then come back to London. Um, and yeah, thankfully just kind of kept progressing. Yeah, um, yeah obviously faced some setbacks um, the last few years as well along the way. It hasn't all been, um, yeah, plain sailing, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of... And so why, how did you settle on the 1500 then? Did you like go up the distance to that or yeah. how, how did you get involved in distances yeah so when I was younger um kind of like speed tended to be my strength okay. um I kind of always thought I was someone that would be like probably a 400 runner um maybe most an 800 runner um but yeah I always thought if I couldn't like kind of make it individually as well then maybe like the four by 400 relay would okay. be an option um but yeah now looking back um yeah that definitely was never gonna materialize I think definitely my endurance actually is more my strength yeah. um and yeah particularly kind of the older I've got I've noticed um yeah I've done more aerobic stuff and training um and yeah I've still kind of tried to keep in that speed but I think that's kind of why I've fallen more into the 1500 yeah. rather than yeah stayed with kind of 400 800 um because yeah I think yeah my endurance is um yeah definitely one of uh, my strengths and I feel yeah. like with the 1500 you can very much combine um yeah both speed and endurance like obviously you need the endurance to be able to um yeah run fast but when it comes to a champs and it's tactical you've kind of got to have that 800 pace yeah. um and speed as well so I think that's kind of why um yeah the event fits me quite nicely because I feel I can kind of cover both ends and um, do you do do you still do races that are like not 1500 do you ever do 800 meters or does it always tend to be 1500 meter races yeah so i still um yeah do some 800s particularly kind of leading up to a 15 um yeah i find they're kind of quite a good one to do in the build-up just to kind of sharpen up that speed yeah. um, and then it bounces you quite nicely into doing a 1500 um but i also like quite like to look at doing some 5ks i think as well in future okay. um and kind of do yeah both ends because um yeah after um yeah racing some eights i think um yeah it'd be good to mix up with some 5ks as well because yeah. yeah i definitely wouldn't race like a four anymore no. I think sadly yeah those days are definitely past me but um but yeah I think it would be really good to do some 5k's but definitely still yeah. keep in the 800 because yeah they definitely kind of all complement each other I think to be a really successful 1500 runner you need to be able to have yeah, yeah the speed and strength of yeah both the distances either side yeah. of it as well 
And was it always running? Like, or did you ever have any other sports that you got involved in? Or just did the running take over very early and that was it? Yeah, no, so actually when I was younger, I used to do like a whole range of sports. I think particularly at school, you're kind of encouraged to, yeah, yeah try and do a mix. So, um, yeah, I kind of did the like standard like netball, hockey, tennis. Um, yeah, I was part of a swimming club for a while. So I actually did kind of as much swimming at one point as I was running. Okay. Um, even when I like joined Turn Hill, I was also, yeah, part of a swimming club as well. So I used to um, do both of those. But yeah, I think just as I got older and um, yeah, kind of you find you just don't have the time to keep juggling. Um, yeah, a variety of sports I've kind of tended to focus on running, but I still try and yeah, if I am cross training, kind of do biking, swimming yeah. um, as well as kind of um, yeah, other ones. Yeah, being less impacted is good, I think, to supplement some of the running training. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, now kind of totally yeah, focused on the running yeah. rather than any others. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you know, we've spoken already about the Olympics, you've qualified for the Olympics. But when when did that realistically become a goal? Like when did you, you know, how long ago or how recent was it that you decided, no, I definitely can't achieve that Olympic yeah. place? Like how how did that all happen? Um, I'd say like 2017, um, that was like my first season properly focusing on 1500. Okay. Um, Cause yeah, kind of up until that point, I'd kind of, I'd done a couple of 15s, but yeah, my main event was always normally the 800. Um, but yeah, in 2017, I made quite a big jump and ran 405, um, which at the time was the world champ standard um, for London. Um, and I think that was kind of the first time I thought, do you know what, actually I could, yeah, kind of go quite far with this event. Um, cause that was, yeah, my PB before then had been 413. Okay. Um, so in the space of a year, yeah, I'd kind of already jumped down to 45. So I kind of thought if I could maintain that kind of yeah. sort of progression over the next few years, then, um, yeah, that would be really good. But then, yeah, sadly after that, just really struggled with injuries, um, yeah. for a couple of years. Um, yeah, I went to the Commonwealth Games in 2018, but then, yeah, didn't even compete for any of 2019. Um, yeah, I had a plantar injury, so that kind of set me back. And then, yeah, it's only really been this year that I've kind of managed to get things back on track again. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I hadn't run a PB since I'd done that 405 in yeah. 2017 until this year. But, um, but then, yeah, going out to Flagstaff earlier in the year and doing like a really good block of altitude and racing well out there. Um, yeah, I kind of hoped after that, that had put me in a pretty strong position yeah. coming into... Um, yeah, kind of this part of the season and going to trials. For... Yeah. Let me get going to altitude then, because you've mentioned obviously you had a good spell in Flagstaff early in the year. You're yeah. Going to altitude tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You've said you'll probably go later in the year as well. Yeah. So, what role does altitude play then? What, how is that so good for you? Yeah, I think it's really, really beneficial. Um, obviously, the kind of like physiological um, yeah. yeah, benefits of going there are massive. But I think also just like the environment you have when you go on a training camp. Um, I just think it's so important to be able to like kind of focus just on your training yeah. and not have kind of the distractions as you would at home. Um, and I just think, yeah, it just really helps to like be in a routine and um, you have that structure. You're kind of in the right environment with the right people around you. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, that's just been really beneficial for me. Yeah. Um, whereas I think at home, because I train quite a lot by myself, um, yeah, I think it's just great when I go away. It also means that I have like more training partners. Yeah. Um, like I was lucky in Flagstaff to join in quite a bit with the New Balance Boston girls, okay. um, two of which have gone on to um, yeah, qualify for the USA team in the 1500. Yeah. So I think us kind of like all working together um, in Flag Flagstaff and um, yeah, kind of just having that support system, kind of got coaches out there. Um, people timing you, you've got uh, medical support, just like having all of that. Yeah. Whereas I think kind of when you're at home trying to do it all yourself quite a bit, it, um, yeah, can get quite and tough. And I suppose you get involved so, in more day-to-day -day stuff yeah, at home that you maybe like, yeah. don't when you're in a, tra a training camp as well. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, yeah, kind of day-to-day -day at home, you have kind of all those distractions. And um, yeah, obviously it's great to like see friends and catch up and everything. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think if you're going to, yeah, try and um, get to the top, you've got to be pretty focused and yeah, being at a training camp and yeah, altitude and stuff, it allows yeah. you to do that. Yeah, and you mentioned focus there and, you know, we touched on Olympics becoming a goal. You know, what what role does goals play in your run just now? Is it, you know, when you go into a race, is it, is it always with the ambition to get a PB or how do goals work for you now? 
Yeah, I think they're really important just for like staying motivated. Yeah. Um, I think particularly during COVID, um, yeah, that was like a really big thing because obviously yeah, there weren't any races happening at all. So it was kind of setting other goals that you could work towards. Yeah, um, yeah just to kind of like keep that motivation and um, yeah, and kind of stay on track. But yeah, I'd say like not always I like, go into every race wanting to run a PB. Obviously yeah. it's great if you do, but I think sometimes, yeah, there's kind of other things you can work on. Um, yeah, kind of whether it's tactics or... Um, yeah, trying something different. So, um, yeah, I kind of always have something in mind I want to achieve from it, but it isn't necessarily just to run as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm very interested in your training because, um, like, I'm a marathon runner, so, like, yeah. I know I know how to, um, you know, build a marathon plan towards a, a longer distance, but yeah. for, like, a 1,500 metre, mm -hmm. I'm so interested in what, you know, what does your training look like? You know, so what sort of pace are you running at what do your sessions look like do you want to just chat a wee bit about how your training looks yeah so like a typical week i tend to train like six days a week okay. um i normally try and keep in a rest day um i didn't used to i'd normally have one more kind of every 10 to 14 days but i think like having had a few injuries the last few years i've tried to um yeah be a bit more safe with it and yeah, yeah. try and take one every day uh, not every day sorry once a week um but yeah normally a typical week would be two main sessions okay. um so i do tuesday and saturday um, always on the track uh, not necessarily yeah. always on the track. Um, around this time of year, it tends to be, yeah. Um, yeah, either two track sessions or at least definitely one, and then I'll do a more kind of tempo type session. Um, but in the winter, I won't necessarily be on the track okay. um, at all in a week. Um, I'll tend to do more like a grass session or a hill session. Um, and then I always keep in a long run on a Sunday. Okay. Um, that can be anything up to like 13 miles. Um, but at the moment now, we're into kind of the track racing. It's more kind of eight to 10. Um, and yeah, the pace on those, I've actually found slowing down some of my runs and keeping like the easy days easy and then like the hard session days. Um, yeah, the hard ones actually more beneficial than trying to just do all my like runs in the week really quick, yeah. smash all the sessions. Like I think in a way that's probably why I was starting to break down a bit yeah, before yeah. because yeah, it's like operating at that intensity just every day of the week, it, yeah. you just can't. So um, no, I think like, although it sounds weird, I think slowing down some of my runs has actually been what's helped me progress. Yeah, it's just meant your I've muscles be more recovered and yeah like just that. stayed healthy and actually got more consistency yeah. whereas yeah I think before I tried to do all my runs fairly quick but yeah as I said it's just really hard to make every day kind yeah. of fairly tough you've got to give yourself a chance to yeah, um, yeah recover and have some easy days your your race pace must be you know around about 4 30 less maybe yeah for 50, mile, so yeah. so then you know that's really quick mm -hmm. but then you can't be running all your you know all your training runs at that so you're obviously doing your easy runs a lot slower yeah um so yeah i'm just totally intrigued by your your training so. yeah no definitely um i guess for like the track sessions you always try and keep in like an element of speed i think yeah. that's really important and yeah something over the last few years i've really noticed is to kind of keep that top end speed like you've got to do it like yeah. even if it's one of your strengths um yeah you just can't neglect it so i think that's always been a really important focus like for the track sessions yeah. to make sure you're always operating um kind of at race pace or even quicker than race pace um but then in, yeah as i said i think on the other days for like runs i think just keeping them easy and slow and yeah. just kind of like still building up that like aerobic fitness but almost kind of like allowing your body to recover on those yeah. days to then be able to um do the track sessions hard i think that's actually been um yeah kind of a really important factor for me and are for, you doubling on days or do you um sometimes i do again like since i've been injured i haven't as much as i used to um, but yeah, at least kind of twice a week, I'd normally do yeah. two days, um, a week that would be a double, whether it's kind of six miles in the morning, four miles in the evening, yeah. um, or like five and five or something. But, um, but yeah, I kind of tend to keep my mileage a bit lower now. Yeah. Um, yeah, just cause yeah, as I said, I think it's better to be consistent at kind of lower mileage than have yeah. a few high mileage weeks, but then have to miss. 
And um, what what does a typical session, what are some of the typical sessions you're doing? What, what do they look like? Um, yeah, so if it was more like a tempo session, um, I might do like mile reps off like 60 okay. seconds. So for example, yeah, yesterday I did uh, four by a mile off a minute. Um, and then I do three mile warm up, three mile cool down. So then it kind of equals like 10 miles. Yeah. But um, yeah, kind of four miles of that is, um, yeah, a good pace. And then, yeah, if I was doing like a track session, um if i was doing like a more speed one i would do like kind of five by 300 off okay. big recovery yeah. but again that would be kind of quicker than 1500 meter pace um kind of aiming at more like 800 pace yeah. if not quicker than that um but yeah kind of good recovery um or i do something like 10 400s off a minute okay, and that's yeah. when i'd start to do more kind of like 1500 meter pace so yeah. for kind of like i know 64 65 seconds of each one um and keep the recovery fairly short yeah um and then yeah as i said a long run's also like kind of staple of the week try and do at least kind of 10 miles um this kind of um yeah like type of the year but then in the winter i'd do that more like kind of 13 miles okay yeah and do you have like a weekly mileage target or is it just depend what you've got or do you hit a certain number per week or yeah kind of um i try not to kind of like add it up too yeah. much to be honest um yeah particularly around racing i think it's hard to keep it as high as you would um yeah kind of other points in the year um, obviously yeah, over the winter as well it tends to be higher than um, yeah coming into the summer season um, but yeah as I said again because of injuries I've kept mine fairly low recently but I'm hoping this winter now I've kind of been back um, yeah for a while and managed to really build some consistency yeah. I can keep trying to up that because um, yeah I think realistically I need to be doing between kind of 60 and 70 miles okay. um, I know some girls in the 15 are doing kind of closer to 80 85 okay. so um, yeah even though you're literally racing 15 it seems yeah, a bit a ridiculous long, but um, a lot of miles for doing yeah, a 1500 but no, meter a lot yeah. of girls do actually yeah do a, do a lot so um, no I think this winter if I could get back to kind of 60 70 yeah. at the moment I've kind of been more around like 50 on my bigger weeks which yeah as I said it's not actually that much compared to what some people do but um but yeah again that's kind of been due to injury so i'm hoping to kind of get yeah. back to um yeah kind of more the 60s um yeah if not kind of 70 but yeah this kind of year around racing like anything kind of above 40 probably during a race week would okay. be um yeah kind of what i'd aim for and obviously all this hard training you need to recover from it so yeah. what type of things are you doing to focus on your recovery yeah definitely um i think sleep's one of the okay. most important things um yeah try and get a nap in in the day if you can okay. obviously yeah not that easy i think that's another thing that when you go on a training camp it's a lot easier to do like yeah. the little things like that whereas i think at home yeah when you've got kind of other things going on and distractions it's quite hard to um yeah kind of get that extra recovery that you do when you um yeah go away but yeah i'd say sleep is a massive thing um i also have started using like normatec recovery boots okay yeah. um yeah i found they have been really really good um and yeah if i've been like traveling to races they've been something that i've taken with me um as well um but yeah but besides that as i said like just also keeping my easy days easier i think yeah. that's really helped because yeah as i said before i was tending to do my runs fairly hard and then doing that between hard sessions as well okay. it kind of all adds up and um, yeah, I don't think I was recovering as well as I could have. Um, so yeah, I'd say kind of those three things yeah. are kind of the main things I've tried to do this year. Um, I hope I haven't prevented you getting a nap today, have we? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I said, yeah, when I'm at home, it's yeah, not as easy to um, yeah, squeeze them in as it is when you go abroad. But yeah. Um, yeah. And what about like, I mean, you touched on it earlier, you know, a bit of cross training, but mm -hmm. do you like strength and conditioning work? How, how big of a part does that play in your Yeah, training? no, I think it's really important. Um, yeah, particularly potentially um yeah i try and go like twice a week um yeah i normally do it on my session days because again i try and just keep those days like really hard so i'll do like a track session in the morning and then tend to do my gym that afternoon um and then the same on a saturday i'll do like a kind of tempo session or a track session and then again yeah gym after because then i think it then just makes sure your easy days yeah. um yeah can kind of stay like that 
Um, but yeah, I think it's really important, especially for um, yeah, keeping injuries at bay. I think that's another thing I've really focused on. Um, yeah, since having um, yeah a couple of injury problems is to yeah keep up the S and C because I think yeah all that kind of strength conditioning stuff, particularly yeah. almost like the conditioning stuff. I kind of don't tend to do like loads of weights. Um, okay. I sometimes do a few like key lifts, whether it's like cleans or back squat or um, RDLs. But in terms of like the conditioning, um, I think like the kind of lower limb calf stuff is really important. So okay. I do um, yeah a kind of fairly substantial calf circuit with both my gym sessions and I think that's really helped um, stay injury free this year okay. um, because I did find in the past a lot of my injury problems were all kind of like lower leg and foot problems okay. um, yeah I had a plantar issue for a long time um, but I think having like built up calf strength through the gym and things that's actually kept kind of those things yeah um, yeah at bay what, what sort of things are you doing um, for the calves then yeah um, so like iso holds on a leg press okay um, yeah that's kind of one of the key um, exercises I always yeah. tend to do um, and then yeah just kind of um, calf raises whether again that's on a leg press or using like a smith machine so you can okay. do them weighted oh yeah um but yeah they're kind of like the two ones i found really important um yeah and particularly like the iso holds i think for my planter um yeah we're really effective for um yeah, yeah kind of making that um yeah kind of recover because yeah i think before weak calves is probably what contributed <laughs> to quite a few of my injuries so um yeah i've tried to stay on top of that and um yeah, Touchwood so far, it's yeah, paying yeah. off. And uh, you know, I've had this debate with a few people about your gym days. It's on your hard session yeah. days as well. So that's the way you work it. I, I think that's what is yeah. best. Obviously, everyone's different, but it feels like doing it your just... workout, your you know, gym workouts on your hard days. running days, yeah. you know, keeps your easy days easier. Yeah, know. no, I think it's something that's, yeah, I found much for me. Obviously, it does make the hard days pretty tiring. Yeah. You've done like a hard track session, then you feel you've got gym, and then sometimes tend to do like a kind of easy shakeout in the evening, uh, just a couple of miles, but then it almost turns into like a triple day of yeah. training. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I guess the alternative I've done in the past is do it on a Wednesday and Sunday, um, kind of after like, because I'll have like a medium long run on a Wednesday yeah. morning. Um, and then yeah, Sunday long run and done gym after that. But Again, yeah, I just think then it kind of makes almost, that's what, like four days of the week fairly hard if you're yeah. doing, um, yeah, a reasonable gym program. So, yeah, I think personally I prefer to do it on the session days and yeah. then, yeah, just have those two really hard days. But then, yeah, the running around it can be, yeah, amazing. So you must must need lots of fueling on those days then, do you? Yeah, no, on definitely. Your, on your hard days. Yeah, no, I think that's really important, especially, yeah, evening before, um, yeah, one of those hard days. Yeah, having lots of carbs for dinner for sure. Because, um, yeah, no, as I said, like they are tough, especially if you are going to do like an evening yeah. shakeout as well. It, yeah, it's a lot of training in one day, but um, but yeah, at least then you have the other days to recover. Yeah. So. so then nutrition in general then, are you following any mm -hmm. particular diet or are you just making sure you get enough food to fuel you or do you do anything like that? Yeah, no, I think pretty much, yeah, just making sure you're having enough. I don't, yeah, yeah do kind of anything in particular and I'm not, yeah, like vegetarian or... Um, yeah, but I think just having a balanced diet is most important. Yeah. And yeah, just making sure you're fueling enough is, um, yeah, essential. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think particularly with altitude, I think that's a massive thing yeah. that sometimes people don't realise quite how much, um, yeah, they need to fuel when they go away on these camps. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, otherwise. And, and then linking like back to the like strength conditioning and the cross training and stuff, mm -hmm. are you doing like foam rolling? Does that play a part? Foam rolling or like Theragun or any, any of that type of thing? Are you doing any of that? Yeah, so foam rollings, um, yeah, something I always try and do, um, yeah, at least once a day. Um, once a day okay once a day yeah, yeah. I need to take that I need um, to take that <laughs> particularly in the evenings yeah I try and yeah do it before bed and some stretching um okay. but yeah in terms of like the Theragons I've tried them out personally for me I yeah just prefer to just use a foam roller I yeah. think or just get like a kind of hard ball and um yeah use that as well but um but yeah no, I know the recovery guns it's, have become a bit uh, of a craze, I was, say, I was so, saying to you um, earlier that's the that's the thing that I let slip is the 
foam rolling and the stretching and all that sort of stuff but i did buy a i bought a yoga mat the other day yeah. for like basically in our sunroom right in front of the tv so then we're watching tv at night you know it's okay. like forcing me to go and do something yeah no, um, definitely. just use the time yeah. when you're doing something else just to do a bit of stretching or something like that yeah no i'm the same because yeah i never used to be that good at doing all the little things but i have noticed um yeah it does help stay injury free that's what that's what helps it, yeah. especially at your level that's the type of things that it's like the you kind need of to be middle one percent that add up I think um and yeah they definitely do make a difference and yeah it can literally be for 10 minutes so yeah yeah hopefully everyone can yeah find time in their day to do it but um no it's easier said than done (laughs) no absolutely yeah and that that is definitely a tip for listeners is you know trying to put it in around something else yeah yeah well as you said even if we're just watching telly and doing it it's um yeah so worth doing in the evenings yeah cool so back to the running career then so there's been clearly a big highlight has just happened mm-hmm. qualifying for the Olympics and I'm sure that will be an amazing highlight when it comes yeah. but you know what are some other highlights of your career so far? Um, I'd say in 2011, uh, 2011 it must have been um, I won the Commonwealth Youth Games okay. um, yeah over 800 um, yeah at the time I was still doing that and then to go on to um, yeah the Commonwealth Games at a senior level in uh, 2018 it was um, on the Gold Coast um, yeah that felt pretty special that I'd managed to kind of like translate the kind of what I'd done as a junior um, to a senior because I think yeah that's one of the toughest things I think in athletics is um, yeah kind of doing it when you're young but then actually um, yeah being able to translate that into yeah. a senior level because yeah, there's a lot of dropouts I think particularly on the women's side um, so yeah I'd say that's kind of like one of my highlights um, although yeah when I did it at senior level I was doing the 1500 by that point yeah. but um but yeah no just to have kind of gone to both um yeah that was pretty special and then yeah I did the European indoor champs this year yeah. um as well yeah they were in March in Poland um yeah again I was doing the 1500 there um yeah I made the finals so um yeah I felt like that was quite a good springboard into the outdoor season um and yeah kind of having been injured since 2018 it was nice yeah. just to be back in that kind of like championship environment okay. um yeah and experience that again so well you mentioned a challenge there then mm-hmm. so you've touched on your injuries so what's been the biggest challenges in the career then yeah I'd say probably that planter injury um, was the main one I've um, yeah had to face so far because yeah I got that at the end of 2018 and then yeah I kind of got back very briefly for like one or two indoor races in 2019 but then yeah just kind of injured it again and was out for the entire year Um, and I think yeah that was really tough to come back from Um, so I'd say that's probably yeah the hardest thing I've had to face so far because, yeah, that just kind of seemed like never-ending. Um, I think it's quite a common, um, yeah, injury plantar fasciitis, but I think when you actually tear your plantar as well, um, yeah, it's a very stubborn one, and it's very hard to, um, yeah, get it back on track. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'd say that's probably the hardest one. So how did um, you overcome that then? Um, so I just did a lot of cross-training. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of biking, a lot of swimming. Um, yeah, I had, like, shockwave therapy on my plantar and, yeah, some injections to try and, um, yeah, promote the healing. But, yeah, as I said, it's just very stubborn. It just takes a long yeah. time to get better so in the meantime yeah I kind of literally just had to cross train um and then yeah do all the like calf loading as well because I think that also made a difference I spent a lot of time in the gym um rehabbing it um but yeah it was almost just kind of like a waiting game for it to yeah yeah, get better must have been a frustrating time as well though was it yeah really frustrating um because yeah it meant I missed the world champs in um yeah 2019 and then even kind of coming into 2020 once you've kind of had that much time out even if you can kind of get your fitness back in training you've kind of just missed being in that racing environment and yeah it just takes a long time I think to kind of like remind yourself of yeah what it's like and kind of put yourself back in um yeah those situations but um yeah thankfully in a way um having that extra year because of COVID to be able to use last year to kind of yeah just get things back on track um and then yeah with the season kind of being quite delayed as well um yeah that worked in my favor a bit as well because then it just gave me that extra time 
um, yeah, to kind of yeah, in, in the in my... the deepest darkest days of that injury, then was there ever times when you thought that you maybe wouldn't get back to the level you were, or did you always um, have that drive and ambition that you knew you'd get back there? Um, I think if I knew I could, like the injury was going to heal, I would always, yeah, I was kind of confident I'd be able to get back because, yeah, I was really determined with cross training. Like kind of every day I was either on the bike in the pool. Um, so from that point of view, I kind of didn't doubt that I would be able to get back to my best. But it was more like just when you kind of see doctors and surgeons and they're yeah. kind of looking at you a bit like, oh, we're just not sure this is actually ever going to be fine yeah. to run on. Um, yeah, that was kind of scary moments. And yeah. Um, yeah. Not good, but um, but yeah, no. Thankfully, it's um, yeah. All I can imagine, you know, when it's your well, I can't really when it's your it's your life, yeah. It's your livelihood is your running, and it's your job as well. So, um, to be injured must just be horrendous. But. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think the worst part was like my plant as well was just kind of walking around day to day. Yeah. Like even if I could kind of get over the fact that I couldn't run, it was just yeah, having pain in your foot yeah. just the whole time. Was um. Yeah, it was really, really tough. So, um, yeah, very relieved that now well, yeah, well, I managed to get on clearly, it again. Clearly <laughs> overcome it and you're obviously running better than you ever have. So yeah. that's awesome. And what about, so in the sport, do you have like any like inspirations and role models, current runners, mm-hmm. ex-runners, people like with running that you look up to? How do you... Where do you where do you draw your inspiration from? Yeah, I'd say when I was younger, um, yeah, Kelly Holmes was probably yeah okay. the one I remember watching at the Olympics and obviously doing the double um, was amazing. And also she set up that on camp with Kelly, um, okay. which yeah when I was a young athlete um, was lucky enough to go to. And yeah, she just did lots of kind of talks and came to like English schools and um, yeah she was at a few of our races. So I think kind of having her as a bit of a kind of like mentor and yeah, okay. um, yeah kind of learning her like experiences and yeah she did a lot around kind of like nutrition and that kind of thing and I think as a young athlete that was really helpful um because yeah I think otherwise it's actually quite hard to know like all that kind of like side of it otherwise um yeah so like having her was great um but I'd say more recently I think it's actually more girls that I race against um well a few have kind of stepped up now in distance but yeah I'd say people like Laura Waitman, Steph Twell who are kind of still on the circuit I think they're just really good role models um I just think they're kind of like consistently good they kind of um yeah just train yeah relentlessly but kind of just do it smart like they've stayed injury free pretty much um and yeah i've just like see them as people that just year on year they make the team they always perform you can always back them to kind of like make the final or yeah steph's now gone on to the marathon but um yeah she's having a lot of success at it and yeah yeah, i just kind of always look at those girls as um yeah i think a bit of an inspiration for sure and steph 12 is going to the olympics in the marathon isn't she yeah Yeah. so yeah she's yeah also got like an incredible range um to go from yeah she's been so successful at 1500 5k 10k and yeah now onto the roads um yeah i think it's really impressive and yeah likewise laura waitman um i think to be fair she's just missed out this time with um yeah it's like niggle but that was literally her last week in training i think so she was so unlucky not to be able to do the trial but otherwise yeah she's already been to two olympics Um, and again, yeah, I've been so successful over 15 and 5k. Uh, 5k time is, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there are two girls that, yeah, although they're still running and have to race against them yeah. sometimes, um, yeah, definitely ones to look up to. So, are you gonna, are you, so just, yeah, I'm just thinking about the Olympics and like the athletes' yeah. village that you always hear so much about mm-hmm. normal Olympics. So, are you gonna, I assume you're gonna be able to mix with all the British. Um, athletes are you or yeah. are you going to see other countries or are they going to keep you in like your country bubble do you know how that's um, going to work yet yeah because of Covid this year I'm not sure no what idea. it will be like I think yeah obviously normally everyone would just be able to mix yeah. and you'd have all the teams in one place being able to um, yeah be together but I don't know whether this year it's now yeah sadly maybe going to be a bit more separated yeah. but I think definitely yeah you'll be able to be with the rest of the British team yeah. I'd imagine because um, yeah we'll kind of like be in the holding camp and then yeah as I said there's a couple that are already up in Font Rameau so um, yeah they'll be there tomorrow when I go 
Um, but yeah, no, hopefully we'll still be able to um, yeah mix a bit with other teams. But yeah, as I said, with COVID, I just don't know yeah. what. It will be a slightly different experience, I think, for sure, compared to um, yeah. yeah past and years. But there, there is crowds, though, isn't there? There is uh, domestic um, crowds. I or? don't think yeah you're allowed to have international spectators. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think kind of local um, yeah people are allowed to go and. Yeah, I don't even know how it's going to work with like mixing sports either, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether it will just be... Because, yeah, in kind of like when we went to um, Commonwealth Games, we had the village and things. We'd have like, yeah, England hockey team with us. And yeah. yeah, all the sports were kind of combined. Whereas I don't know, yeah, here, whether it will kind of be very much like, yeah, each kind yeah. of sport as well as team is, um, yeah, a bit separated. But yeah. well, and, and are you the type of runner that thrives on the crowds being there? Or do you quite like empty stadiums? How do you... Um, I think I definitely prefer crowds to okay. be honest I think yeah a couple of the competitions that I've done this year that yeah there hasn't been it is a slightly strange atmosphere yeah. um, so I think yeah it will be a bit of a shame um, yeah that there aren't any this time but like I'm sure they'll yeah do something to kind of make yeah. you feel like there's still a bit of an atmosphere whether yeah. it's just like playing like crowd noise or yeah, um, yeah doing something like that um, no I'm sure they've kind of thought it through and they'll yeah. make it as kind of good as it can be under the circumstances yeah, yeah I'm sure um, it'll still be, you're still you've still qualified for the Olympics yeah it's no, the Olympics, so it'll still like, be an amazing thing yeah just the yeah. buzz of being there will be good in itself yeah. oh that's cool it's good that you can mix with some of these other athletes you look up to and yeah, what about like is there role models out with the sport as well or is it mainly all running people that you're sort of um, looking up to I'd say one of the ones that I was looking at when I was injured was Andy Murray because um, oh, he did Andy. that great Andy. documentary <laughs> as well um, yeah about his hip um, so I'd say, yeah, if I had to pick someone from a different sport, it would probably be him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, particularly watching him now at Wimbledon as well. Um, yeah. yeah, and the way he's kind of like, yeah, come back from a lot of challenges, but yeah, also done phenomenally well. Yeah, um, yeah early on in his career too. Um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, for someone from another sport. I just absolutely love Andy Murray. Yeah, and I he's just great. <laughs> and, like, well, we're recording this and it's Wimbledon's on right now and obviously... He had an amazing uh, win on Match, Monday. Yeah. And he's playing again today, so we're good to see that. So yeah, yeah no, I definitely love Andy. But anyway, back to Katie. I could get yeah. distracted talking about <laughs> Andy Murray all day. Um, so what about like you, you touched on there? You're maybe be going up in distance. So mm -hmm. what's some of the longer term ambitions in the sport? Yeah, well, um, yeah, next year we're fortunate to have now three championships because, yeah, um, one's been postponed obviously because of COVID. So we'll have World Champs, European Champs, and Commonwealth Games. Um, yeah, and the Commies being in Birmingham. Um, yeah, that would be really cool because hopefully yeah, some friends and family can come to that one quite easily. Um, so yeah, I think definitely aim is to try and qualify for yeah all of those oh, if I can. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of having to look at the timetable, I think, and work out what's actually realistic. But um, yeah, it'd be amazing to do all three. Um, but yeah, so I think in terms of next year, that's definitely um, yeah kind of the main goal is to um, yeah qualify for those ones. Um, and will that be in the 1500 or will you pretend to do something more? Or? I think I might try and mix up. I don't think I'd do 1500 at all three. Okay. Um, yeah, obviously looking at the 800 at the moment in Britain, it's like absolutely stacked. Yeah. So um, yeah, that team will be very tough to make, I think, for that event. Um, having said that, I guess at Commonwealth, it's um, yeah kind of going to be a bit more divided up into the home countries. So um, yeah, possibly it's an option there to do the 800. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think I'd also quite like to yeah do a 5k at some point, not necessarily at the champs, but I think next summer, um, yeah, that's definitely a goal of mine to try yeah. and yeah do a good 5k. And where are they all next year? So you've obviously got Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Birmingham. You've got European Championships. I think they're in Paris, Okay. if I'm right about that. Um, and, and definitely then, the World Champs. Yeah, World Champs is in Eugene. Yeah, um, Hayward so, Field. Hay yeah, yeah, so that would be really cool to go to yeah, with their new stadium. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think they're within like six weeks. Um, okay. So obviously, yeah, with kind of... All time... three of them are within six weeks? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, so yeah, with like time differences and yeah, travel, jet lag, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I think some people may have to go 
yeah, maybe two of the three or, yeah, yeah. do different events. I mean, yeah, obviously for like the marathon people, that would be pretty tough, yeah, I think, yeah. to do a triple. Some people might, yeah, try and do at least two. Um, but yeah, I think definitely try and mix it up, either the 8.15 or yeah, yeah. try 5k. We'll definitely try and get you back on around that time back yeah. on the podcast after you've done all three hopefully. oh yeah well hopefully just to, fit, <laughs> to, to discuss how all that happened that'd be awesome um so what about obviously out with sport then like mm-hmm. have you got any what what other interests are there out with running yeah so um well it's still kind of linked i am um, yeah did a pt qualification when i was um yeah in loughborough so i yeah coach a few people yeah. um yeah through that it's a um, app called neo um and yeah i do a lot of kind of yeah pt and running coaching um yeah on the side um but yeah, otherwise just, yeah, kind of enjoy spending a lot of time with friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I guess when you're yeah away competing, traveling, yeah, at altitude camps and things, yeah, you don't often get to, um, yeah, spend much time with them. Um, and then actually, yeah, before, um, yeah, COVID happened, I was also working for a startup company called Appear Here. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, they're a bit like kind of Airbnb, but for like brands. So they like rent spaces to brands in London. Um, so I was doing a bit of that as well, which yeah, was quite a nice distraction, just kind of totally different to yeah. sport. Um, but yeah, sadly, because of um, yeah, COVID, um, yeah, that's kind of slowed down a bit just because yeah. obviously the spaces weren't open um, to rent. But, um, but yeah, hopefully to kind of like pick some more work up with them as well. Yeah, because um, yeah, I really enjoy doing that on the side. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I do just really enjoy traveling as yeah. well, which is, I think, one of the one things I love about running yeah, is that you get the opportunity to, yeah, whether it's training, racing, um, yeah, kind of go to places that you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something also I want to do more of in and the future. And where's your favorite place you've run? Favorite place I've run. I did love going to Australia for the okay. Commonwealth. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shame we couldn't, um, yeah, see a bit more of it. Because, yeah, sometimes when you go to these places, you are a bit kind of at the hotel yeah. or at the track. And yeah. then, yeah, don't get to, um, yeah, explore, um, yeah, much else. But, um, but, yeah, I'd say definitely Australia is one of the places I want to go back to. And then I'd say in terms of kind of like an experience, going to Kenya for altitude training. Oh, you've done Kenya? Yeah, oh, that cool. was, um, yeah, amazing. Um, so, yeah, I was there for four weeks. Um, not sure I could last too much longer than that if I went back, but um, but no, that was yeah a really awesome experience. Um, but otherwise, yeah, Flagstaff's got to be up there as well. Yeah. I think yeah, that's one of my favourite altitude locations. But yeah, as I said, it's just somewhere without running, I just never would have gone. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's. Well, yeah, I was, I was telling you earlier, like Flagstaff, definitely somewhere yeah, I want to go to, and, um, and go and do a yeah, go, go and do a period it. of training at altitude for sure. Definitely something that I'm I'm interested in doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just like the trails there, and yeah, yeah it's just kind of got everything you could possibly. Yeah. yeah, and you mentioned the the running coaching as well. So, mm-hmm. what sort of what sort of runners are you coaching? Are you um, literally kind of anyone from like couch to five k? Oh, okay. um, yeah, so we've got a program at the moment for six weeks that yeah, most of them are um, yeah doing that. But then also kind of like yeah, more experienced runners as well, some okay. kind of like sub seventeen minute five um, k runners. Um, so yeah, kind of a bit of um, a mix really. But um, but yeah, just kind of really enjoy kind of helping yeah. people and. Um, yeah, potentially, potentially also, um, yeah, going to start doing some more kind of like 10k and marathon runners as well. Yeah. Um, so it'd be good to kind of have a whole range because at the moment, yeah, it kind of tends to be more like 5k runners. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think a couple of people are hopefully going to come on board that are yeah, interested in doing the marathons. Um, yeah, I think particularly now, um, yeah, some more races are kind of cropping up because obviously yeah. Yeah, before during COVID, it was a bit tricky with yeah, no one really having anything to aim for. But, um, but yeah, now hopefully a few are certainly going to happen later on in the year that's um so yeah. whether so whether somebody's done no running before no running or, or they've done loads of running give you a shout and you're yeah you definitely can, happy to yeah. help yeah cool well they should definitely take you up on that um so what, one of the reasons why you're on the podcast obviously mm. apart from just being an awesome athlete is the fact that you've decided to partner up with hbhm so you're going to be yeah. hbhm's uh, latest 
professional runner, um, mm-hmm. in addition to Stephen Scullion, who I know you know. Yeah. Um, so why have you decided to partner with HBHM? Yeah, I just really liked their kind of like ethos that they promote. I think, um, yeah, particularly through my injury struggles as well. Um, yeah, and just running generally. I think, yeah, the healthy mind as well as like the physical fitness is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's something that as I've got older as an athlete, it's just become more and more prominent. Um, I think, yeah, kind of when you're younger, you just kind of think it's all about just kind of being as fit yeah. and fast as you can be. And like, it's all about the kind of physical fitness. Whereas, yeah, I think particularly like through injuries and just, yeah, generally the older I've got, um, I think, yeah, kind of looking after your mental health as well. Um, yeah, it's so, so important. So yeah. I just really like that. Um, yeah, that's something HBHM um, yeah. really promote. Um, yeah, kind of like a balanced lifestyle. Yeah, well, we're we're uh, delighted to have you on board, and I think you know it's something that I've touched upon a few times on this podcast. Is certainly for me that running, you know, is yes, it's about my physical health, but it's also about mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just absolutely. Getting out into nature, like just now, we're in Battersea Park and running through here. Like, how could that not benefit you? You know, it's just it's just great Definitely. to get out into nature and get get out for a run. So yeah, no, totally agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think particularly running something I've used to. Uh, kind of help that as well um yeah i think it's not all again people probably associate it with just kind of like yeah being fitter and the physical um aspect of it but yeah i think it can really help mentally as well yeah, yeah. so i've got to take the opportunity like i do with everyone else to mm-hmm. ask we've got a professional athlete here so ask for your top tips in a few different areas so the first one um i want to find out your top tips for improving performance mm-hmm. your top tip for improving recovery yeah and your top tip for sleep so firstly katie snowden What's your top tip for improving performance? Um, Probably a common one, I'd say consistency. (laughs) Um, I think though, as I said, also just, yeah, making your easy days easy. Um, Yeah, I think that's something I've really noticed this year has made a difference um, and helped with recovery. Um, So I think, yeah, my top tip would be, yeah, train hard on your hard days, but keep the easy ones easy. Yeah, and just being consistent with it over... Absolutely, because yeah. yeah, it's better to kind of have yeah a week that's kind of like sixty percent than mm. yeah, and like you can keep that going all year round rather than have a couple that are kind of like ninety percent and look really good on paper. But then if you're then missing a few weeks and yeah, there's kind of gaps that's yeah, yeah going to cost you. Okay, uh, thank you. What about recovery? Top tip for recovery? I would probably say sleep. To be honest, um, yeah, I think that's the main thing. You just can't beat it. So um, yeah, as much sleep as possible. Um, and then yeah, as I said, like recovery boots, like Normatex is something yeah. I've started to include this year. Um, so yeah, I'd say something like that as well. And the Nor- Normatech boots, so do you just sit with them on, like I've seen photos of them, yeah. but I've never used them myself, so you just sit with them on like every day or how, how, does, how um, do they work? Yeah, you can use them every day. I mean, I tend to save them more for kind of like session days okay. or sometimes like the night before a session I'll use them. Um, but yeah, they have like a kind of timer on, you can do it anywhere from kind of like 20 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, it's up to you how long you um, yeah put them on for. And then yeah, there's different levels as well, so you can kind of do them yeah kind of easier or like more intense um but yeah i just think they're a good way of kind of like flushing the legs obviously yeah. and is it compression yeah it's just yeah. compression um so yeah it kind of just gets the blood flowing um but yeah as i said it's kind of yeah up to you how many times a week you use them or um yeah when but no i've just found it's like yeah kind of a really good yeah. part of recovery that yeah i've started to do this cool. year cool and well you mentioned sleep there so What's your top tip for improving sleep then? Improving sleep. Um, I'd say if we go to sleep not having any screens. Um, yeah, I think at least like kind of half an hour before you go to bed, not kind of scrolling away on your phone. Yeah, um, yeah or watching telly or something. I think, um, yeah, having no screen time and yeah, reading a book or yeah, just not having your phone on you. And, yeah. yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah, that's a popular one as well. Just, you know, sitting in bed you on, your, like on your phone. Before, yeah, it's just the worst, <laughs> it's worst thing you can do. Yeah. I do have the blue light blocking glasses. Okay, um, yeah. I still don't, those, don't try and, I still don't try and have the phone, um, you know, in, in bed. But yeah, the blue light blockers yeah. from like in early evening 
just have them on for the rest of the night. So mm -hmm. it just like help, helps lessen the impact of the TV and phones and all the yeah, stuff no, you're, definitely. you're looking at. So yeah, that's a, that's a tip for people, definitely. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, where's the best people for people, where's the best place for people to follow you then? Are you on social media? Yeah, so my Instagram is Katie underscore Snowden. Okay. Um, Snowden spelled D-E-N. Quite often <laughs> people smell it like the mountain, but um, yeah, it's D-E-N. Um, or Twitter as well. Okay. Uh, Katie Snowden 13 is my um, yeah, Twitter handle. And watch the telly this summer and we'll see you in the Olympics. Yes, yeah, I hope it's not going to be at some like on godly hour yeah, with the no, time difference. I'm slightly nervous. Be, but, um, yeah, difference. it could be in the middle of the night here. But because, um, yeah, I think the, the morning sessions, at least the first couple of rounds. Um, so, yeah, I don't know quite what that's going to mean yeah. for when it's on here. But I think, yeah, sadly, it could be in the middle of the night. But, um, yeah. Well, I just I just want to finish by just saying all the very best uh, in the Olympics. It's, it's going to be awesome to watch you. I can't oh. wait to, to watch you there. Thanks for being part of the HPHM team. And, yeah, wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And, yeah, I'm really excited to be partnering with you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the HBHM podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that you can get 15% off at checkout on hbhm.com by putting in the code HBHMPOD. Please share the latest podcast on socials at Instagram. We are at HBHMOfficial and we look forward to speaking to you next time.